Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman! Landing down to Earth to question how anybody watching could possibly mistake him for a bird or a plane, Soups lands to see a bizarre sight. A blocky man is punching everything around him and building what appears to be the Taj Mahal? This isn't zoned properly and I know it, thought the Man of Steel. Walking over, he shouts at Minecraft Steve to stop building for a second and talk to him. Steve, however, is locked into his work, and Superman has no choice but to stop this insidious zoning crisis with his fists. It's Icon versus Icon. It's Kal-El versus sometimes Alex. It's Christopher Reeve Superman versus Minecraft Steve. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stakanis. In today's episode, we have a classic superhero icon in its film version versus a soon-to-be video game icon in its own fight for the ages. In one corner, you have quite possibly the greatest superhero character for one of the greatest superhero films of all the greatest times of all time, I don't know where I'm going with this, it's the Christopher Reeve Superman versus the character that makes my kids stare at a screen for hours, even when I'm screaming their names because dinner's ready. I'm talking about Steve from Minecraft or Minecraft Steve. As usual, I did the patented who would win Google test just to see how many times this matchup been discussed. And who are we kidding here? No one has talked about this matchup what? ever before That's for crazy. some weird reason. No one matched up Minecraft with superhero genre. We're the first to do it. Yet again, who would win brings our loyal fan base, the Legion of Audience, another premier geek culture fight. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? We knew we were going to do 1970s Superman at some point. Look, he's one of the most iconic characters from one of the most iconic superhero movies of all time. If you didn't know we were going to get around to Christopher Reeve eventually, you were out of your mind. Now, the question comes, who do you put against one of the most powerful, <laughs> strongest movie heroes of all time you gotta think the video games i was in the room i was fighting very hard to say we need a you video are. game character in this battle it's the only person i could think of to uh to go up against superman and i gave a litany of choices and they all got shot down by james gavsey one after another after another saying i don't know who that is and i'm like james we could fill an ocean with everything you don't know from pop culture Eventually, I found a game James has heard of, I found a character James was aware of, and I found a character who is equal, oh no, better than 1970s Superman, Minecraft Steve. You know, you find a lot of things better than other things that most people would disagree with. This is going to be one of them. 
you know, Little Caesars pizza, better than Great. caviar. Okay, Great. whatever, we disagree. Caviar is uh, too salty, please. You know, that, whatever. You know, we can be different. We'll have different opinions on that. And I got to tell you, I completely, no, I wholeheartedly disagree with this. I'm a little bitter towards Minecraft Steve and how he's tried to take over, you know, my kids' lives. I'm actually bitter because, not even about the kids' lives thing, because they'll have long lives. The real point I'm trying to make is we have worked. Right, you remember video games back in the day. What you and I had to suffer through to get to the paradise that we're at right now. And for some reason, at least in my opinion, graphically speaking, we have regressed. We have de-evolved, devolved back to this blocky, splotchy, this doesn't quite make sense what's happening here type of blocky characters. I'm, of course, very bitter with what's happening here. You got to agree with me on some point of this. Is that correct? No, of course not. Games are for everybody, James, and you could make different kinds of games. For different groups, different ages, different everything. There is enough room in the pool for us all. Let's all dive in and enjoy things. We'll agree to disagree, but I do agree that we need to enjoy things. Speaking of enjoying things, uh, you know, something I want to tell the Legion of Audience, and Ray, I need to talk to you about this. When I was at San Diego Comic-Con, again, I talked, had a great time, talked with a lot of really cool people from Disney, Sony, different Marvel superhero franchises. It was just an amazing time. And from them, who some of those people actually knew about the show, Who Would Win show, and from a lot of the people, just the regular civilians who attended, they also knew about the Who Would Win show. I kept getting hit by another question that was quite frequent, and that was, when are we going to do live shows again? We've talked oh, about man. this before. COVID kind of killed some of our plans. We had axe-throwing contests with uh, Dennis Rodman Dennis lined up. Rodman, all this, yes. All this crazy good stuff. We were supposed to go to the San Diego State Fair. They were going to do a huge Who Would Win day for us. All we this kind of good stuff. That's true. And it got shot down. It's so dumb. Like, as soon as we started picking up steam with live shows, <laughs> we started getting some of the most amazing guests doing the most amazing things, getting booked at festivals, getting booked everywhere. Then the end of the world happened, and we all went into quarantine for two years. James, I don't do work, so I'm just going to have to count on you to get us back on that track again. Good luck. All right. Well, our luck seems to be changing. Because, uh, you know, some people have reached out and some people of significance who said we'd love to have possibly host the Who Would Win at our convention, at our special event. And before we even get into that, Ray, I want to know from you, because I've got some choices in mind here. It's not about when or how or even what we're going to talk about. Where do we want to go? Look, the world a, is our oyster. Look, Where would you want to perform a live Who Would Win show? James, it's not about the how or the where or anything. It's about what will you be paying me? Cut a check. I do not come cheap. I do not come free. I only show up with large sacks of comically animated money, like those big bags with the dollar sign written on it, full of cash. That's how you get me there. I do not care if it's your backyard in Pacoima. I will show up for a big bag of cash. No questions asked. Well, it's how you said that Detroit Comic Con contacted us specifically. I want to let you know about this. Uh, and they'd City love Comic-Con, to have us there. Let's go. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. They will uh, pay us uh, nothing. In fact, we have to pay to get in. So would you do that show? Well, the problem is I'm still banned from going into the state of Michigan after losing twice with Robocop. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, unfortunately, you know, they check. They check for me at the border now. <laughs> You've got a chip implanted. You're not allowed within. I, I get it. I get it. Really Look, uh, I'm not trying to tell the event coordinators what we want to do. I don't want to do their job. You know, all that kind of good stuff. But I will say, I'd love to go to Tokyo. Love to check out Miami. You know, Brazil's a great country. We should check that out, at least the nice parts. If you're someone who wants a live Who Would Win show, of course, we got to get paid to go. But we're reasonable. At least I'm reasonable. Ray will also be there. 
and uh, make it nice. We'd love to start doing the live shows again. Look, we've had people from all over North America say, even overseas, by the way, say, we'd love to have a Hoodwind show nearby. We'll come and support it. Pay us or we'll be there. That's all I'm trying to say. It is now Cut time for us to check. do live Who Would Win shows. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. And truthfully, people in Australia always wanted to go to Australia. I'm a big fan of your country. I'm a big fan of you as human beings. Bring me. I've never heard you say that about a human being before, ever. Australia? Just Australia, Australians. We just don't talk about You should feel very uh, weird about that statement. Something's up with that. Look, uh, luckily we have a judge who's very experienced with live events. So let's get to the intro. Making. Another appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's comedian. This guy again? This guy again, I'm telling you. Ah. It's comedian, producer of Comics Watching Comics, and the host, the amazing host of Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. It's Kevin Goatee. Kevin, welcome back to Who Would Win. Oh, Kevin, you guys are a gem. I missed you. Listen, we did do, we and we did live shows for Gutting the Sacred Cow. You're absolutely right. Uh, local ones, and of course, fly me to your city of insert blank, and uh, we'll be there. Okay. You, know, you reference that Kevin Goatee is the host of Gutting the Sacred Cow. You forgot to mention that for one episode, I too was host of Gutting the Sacred Cow. Go watch or listen to however you enjoy podcasts. Sometimes they're visual, I understand. <laughs> Go watch the Apocalypse Now episode and watch me take the host chair over and dominate that show. Just like I dominated here. Just like the Detroit Lions winning a Super Bowl, that didn't happen. Wow. You know, oddly enough, I forgot that Ray was actually on an episode of your otherwise fantastic uh, podcast, what I call show, uh, because it is that thank good. You. Now, Kevin, oh, you've told us before that you did live events uh, locally mm -hmm. and what have you, but I'm assuming that you'll also be doing some live events in, you know, throughout the United States when have you, because you're insanely popular and also really funny. Yes, what sir, would thank be you. your advice to us if we wanted to do live shows? What should we ask for? You know, the Hoodwin show is getting bigger and bigger every week. You're a veteran to all this. Kind of guide us through this. What do we what do we want financially? What are the perks? What do we need to have? Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. Bring merch to hand out. Have some fun fact trivia contests. That's what we do in our segments. We did the five fun facts, and if people guess some of that stuff, we hand out merch. People love to have stuff of your face on their body, especially when they don't have to pay for it. But it's even better when they do pay for it. But I would say, listen, promote, promote, promote. And, uh, you know, you guys are marketing machine gurus. You don't have to ask my permission or, or my advice on that. Excuse me. Shout, shout it out there. You guys have got a great social media following. Your fans are rabid and loyal. And I want to thank said fans for following over to my podcast. We've gotten a lot of great crossover of those fans coming over. So I'm going to thank your fans for giving me an hour of your or so every week of our podcast and uh, it's been a nice little synergistic relationship we've had and i can only hope that this goes on for the days and years to come what can i say our fans love quality that's all I got. you know they, fair, they just fair see quality and they're like i want more of that that's why they love your show all right listen we could talk about terms financial gain and what have you for me and ray can also drink food and other horrible stuff uh drink drink food drink food i'm sorry what is Cola, happening I to you today I'm, it's been a day, Race to Canis. It's been a crazy day. My mind is uh, all over the place, but now it's centered because we have a crazy battle. Again, never before discussed in geek culture, we're the first, we're the best, we're doing what we got to do tonight. With all that being said, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Warner Brothers and DC Comics, the hero who wears an S on his chest of course, that stands for the name of the greatest hero of all time, Steve 
Superman. And representing Microsoft, the video game icon who can do anything but round corners, Minecraft Steve. I have so much bitterness towards Minecraft Steve. Uh, well done, Ray. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Hoodwin match, which are brought to you by Comixology, one of our great sponsors. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Hoodwin match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of the character has to be specifically stated. Okay, question to you, Ray Stekanis. Yes. Are there more than one version of Minecraft, Steve? There doesn't need to be more than one version. The video game version of Minecraft, Steve, is plenty enough, as you will see. I figured you'd say that. Okay, so of course you're thinking it's the movie version of Christopher Reeves. What's really cool is that there's also a comic book version of the movie version called Superman 78. I will not be using that. I'm sticking simply and strictly with the four movies. Three of them actually good. Actually two. Third was okay. Fourth was there of the live action Superman film starring Christopher Reeves. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. Finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store to get your very own Hoodwin merchandise and accessories. Go to whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch, especially while you're listening to this episode. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, 
you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's gonna do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Minecraft Steve. Minecraft Steve is the default mascot for the Minecraft video game. He first appeared in Minecraft in 2009 and was created by Marcus Person. Originally debuting as the default player skin when starting a new game of Minecraft, Minecraft Steve's popularity grew as the game itself grew. As the upfront face of the very popular game, Steve became a sensation with one publication listing Steve as the fourth most iconic video game character of the 21st century. Steve is a builder who can break down his surroundings into raw materials in seconds and build them back up just as fast. He's also an adventurer, fighting monsters and traveling to the mysterious nether dimension. Fun fact, video games take massively long times and many, many people to make, I can tell you. Minecraft did not follow this path, as programmer Marcus Person created Minecraft in just six days. That's right, one guy, six days, video game. Now, he did spend the next two years iterating on and adding to his original design until the full game was released in 2011, so there's that. Also, the original title of Minecraft was Cave Game. Yeah, it's not very catchy. Uh, but most many final titles were considered with Minecraft colon order of the stone getting the most love, especially when it was shortened to just one word. And that is Minecraft. Uh, Steve. Okay. Sorry. I thought there was more. Well done, Ray. Okay. Here are the details for the Christopher Reeves version of Superman. Superman, of course, debuted in action comics. Number one back in 1938 and was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. The original film version of Superman first appeared in 1978 and was played by the iconic and legendary Christopher Reeves, of course. Born on the doomed planet Krypton, Superman, also known as Kal-El, escaped its destruction as an infant thanks to his father Jor-El sending him to Earth. Once there, the Earth's lower gravity and yellow sun gave Kal-El his incredible superpowers. His adoptive parents, Martha and Jonathan Kent, gave baby Kal-El the name Clark Kent and raised him with good old-fashioned Midwestern values helping to mold him into the upstanding and morally virtuous person he is today. And here's an interesting fact about the movie version of Superman. Did you know that there's an actual connection between the iconic 70s Superman, the film version, and, wait for it, Darth Vader? It's true. 
In preparation for a Superman role, Christopher Reeves underwent an intense bodybuilding regime supervised by none other than David Prowse, the actor who played Darth Vader in the original Star Wars trilogy. Christopher Reeves bulked up from 170 pounds to a whopping 212 pounds before filming began. In fact, at 6'4 and 170 pounds, the producers of the original Superman film almost didn't hire Christopher Reeves because they thought he was just too skinny. By the way, here's another little, small little interesting fact about this version of Superman. Did you know that one of the people considered for the role of Superman instead of Christopher Reeves was Muhammad Ali? Oh yeah, it's true. How would that have changed everything about the superhero landscape a landscape if Muhammad Ali was the 1970s Superman? That would have been insanely crazy amazing. I think that could have done really well. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Kevin, do you have any questions before we get started? No, boys. This is my, I don't even know, third or fourth appearance on this show. I've got a I can smell what the rock is cooking. I'm ready to hit this, baby. Let's do it. All right. Let's get this party started. Ray, hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Minecraft Steve. Now, I just want to talk about the pure, raw, unadulterated power that Minecraft Steve can bring to the table. Now, first off, what do you do in Minecraft? You walk around on the world and you punch things and then you turn them into raw materials and then you build more things. So Steve, by proxy, can punch anything forever, never hurting his hand. There's never a moment as he's punching his way through a mountain, punching his way through boulders, down into the ocean, through trees. He punches absolutely everything and never hurts himself. And after a certain amount of punching, it's gone. It's destroyed. He can wipe out an entire mountain just by walking it up and doing the old John Henry with his fists. Now, that is one of the most potent punches we've ever seen in the history of fiction. And not just that. He's a character who can get hit. He can take damage. But he never bleeds. We never actually see him get hurt. He still has the same smile on his face, whether he's being attacked by a host of zombies, uh, netherrealm monsters, wizards, whatever the heck is coming after him. He never flinches. He never bleeds. One time he was hit by lightning in the game. It only did a few hearts of damage, and he can quickly recover from that. Heck, even if you're able to bring down Minecraft Steve, he'll just regenerate back into the last bed that he slept in, walk right out of his house again, and keep on going. Sure, he'll lose a few items, but you can't really defeat Minecraft Steve because he just keeps regenerating over and over and over again. And let's talk about how much that he can lift because Minecraft Steve can lift a heck of a lot. Uh, initial computations on my part have him lifting 44.5 million kilograms with no penalty. That's 98 million pounds because of all the gold that you can, gold blocks that you can stuff into his backpack. He can walk around with 98 million pounds on his person. He's not slowed down. He, nothing stops him. He can jump just as high and he keeps going. But not just that. As far as pushing power goes, which is important in combat, you can actually take mine cars, fill them with blocks of gold. It does not matter how much you fill them with or how much weight. Steve can push any amount of weight with no slowing down whatsoever. It's the same speed as him walking. In other words, you could put a hundred million pounds of gold in a cart in front of him and he will shove it just as fast as he can walk normally. Consider that. This is a raw strength that Superman has no answer for. And, oh, I should keep in mind, 
the Minecraft world officially has double the gravity of Earth. So all those numbers I just gave you, I want you to double because Minecraft Steve is just that powerful. Now you could say Minecraft Steve can also go underwater, suffers no damage from the pressure of the bottom of the ocean that he's walking on. Additionally, he can hold his breath for 15 seconds. Not very impressive until you consider the fact that a Minecraft day is 20 minutes, which means that 15 seconds translates to 18 minutes underwater holding his breath before he starts to feel anything at all. At the end of the day, this guy is a force of nature, and I love me some Superman, but he cannot contend with Minecraft Steve, and that's my point number one. You know, Minecraft Steve is what Superman would call adorable. He's got some really impressive physicals. If you are a regular human being with no impressive physicals, put that up against the godlike version of Superman that we are rep representing with the Christopher Reeves version, and you will quickly see that Minecraft Steve, as cool as he is with all these wonderful, great things he can do, has about a fraction of the power that Superman has on a very bad day. Look, you're talking about punching rocks into oblivion. We've seen characters on Who Would Win do this much easier. Superman's one of them using the infinite mass punch. More on that later. That's Race of favorite technique of all time. Uh, 98 million pounds. That's awesome. That is nothing compared to what Superman can push easily when he's bored, when he's not in a hurry. That's something I'll talk about later on. You know, talk in terms of double the gravity of Earth. That's cool. Superman was born in Krypton. That is several magnitudes higher in gravity. That's also what gives him his superpowers. Double the gravity. So you can have double. Yeah, nothing again compared to what Superman can do. And again, the real big thing about Minecraft Steve that I researched is that he has a lot of human, regular human frailties that kind of make him vulnerable to, you know, anything I could do in a fight because I'm actually that good. More on that later. Let me get to my point number one. And let's just talk about, you know, Superman's powers and the way they're portrayed in the films, because it's a little bit different. It's not apples to apples, Superman from the 70s film to Superman from modern day comics. There are some key differences here. Differences here. Let me kind of uh, illuminate that a little bit. So Superman, the movie version, he's based off what's called the Silver Age Superman, who was insanely powerful, like ridiculously powerful. In the 80s, they had to retcon Superman and kind of do a reboot of the DC universe. And they had to make Superman still very powerful, but a lot less powerful. Why? Because the version that this Superman is based off is a Superman who could, who would accidentally sneeze and destroy a planet with that sneeze, right? Or he would sneeze and accidentally destroy the planet. He would also tow a dozens and dozens of planets by putting a massive chain through all of them to take him to another point in space. Because I guess that was good for what the planets needed at the time. I don't know how this works, but he did it. So this version of Superman is insanely powerful, way more powerful than the Henry Cavill version of Superman that we all love and you know think is great and really wish he would come back. All right, let's talk about some specifics here. Let's talk about super strength. Okay, he can lift an island and then fly it into space. An island weighs way more than 90 million pounds, even though 90 million pounds is great. He can easily push the moon into a new orbit. Keep in mind the moon weighs 8.1 times 10 to the magnitude of 19 tons. That's way over a trillion tons. And Superman can easily push that with little to no effort into a new orbit, you know, to cause an eclipse, or all that kind of good stuff. He's got x-ray vision, which means he can see things that are very, very tiny, microscopic vision, all that kind of good stuff. He can also see atoms if he needed to, but that's not a thing he had to do in the movies. He's got uh, x-ray vision, where he can see through absolutely everything except for lead, because you know why? Lead sucks. What do you need lead for? Nothing. Well, maybe some things, but you don't need it, so it doesn't really matter to him. He's got heat vision, and he's got different magnitudes of order of heat vision. Does he need to melt the chain to make something break apart? Not a problem heat up a gun so it's too hot for an evil criminal to hold. 
Not a problem. Destroy large land masses with it. Also not a problem. He's got invulnerability. And you know what's really cool about durability and invulnerability is that no one really had an idea what that meant until they compared it to Superman. And this version of Superman has it in spades. He's so invulnerable that, of course, flying in space, taking damage, taking shots from other Kryptonians, not really much for problem. to take all of that. But to put this in perspective, he can take a bullet to the eye and not even blink. A bullet can fire, shoot him in the eye, point blank, and he won't even blink because he doesn't even feel it. Now, to put that in perspective, Colossus, that super powerful armored giant mutant from the X-Men, one of the most powerful mutants ever, can't take a bullet to the eye. He was actually held at bay by a regular human with a gun pointing at his eye saying, I bet you can't blink before I pull the trigger. And Colossus was like, okay, I won't do anything. Superman doesn't have that problem. He can fly, of course. He's got super speed. He can fly faster than the speed of light. And again, the infinite mass punch. Let me explain that. That's where you fly and accelerate so fast from zero to light speed that your mass becomes infinite and you hit harder than any nuclear bomb ever developed, you know, by human beings could actually hit. That is crazy powerful. He's got super intelligence. This is the key factor. He can speak almost every language on earth and calculate insane, you know, insane math all on the fly. Why do I say that? Because when he moved the moon out of orbit, not one bad thing happened on earth. He calculated how to move the moon. So no tidal waves occurred, no disasters befell anyone on earth. No one even like fell accidentally with a new change in gravity. You know why? Because he calculated what needed to happen, how to move the moon, which he easily did again, so that no one would get hurt. That's how smart he is. That's what kind of genius we're dealing with. And that's an opponent that Minecraft Steve has never had to face ever before. That's my point number one. Kevin Goatee, James here is insulting your intelligence, and I hope you're picking up on it. James Gavsey says, this version of Superman in four movies is based on this other character. So I'm going to tell you everything this other character did that this version of Superman did not do. When did he, when, when did he sneeze and destroy a planet uh, uh, in, in the Superman movies? I don't remember that. When did he tow a series of planets behind him with a chain? I don't remember that. When did he use an infinite mass punch in these movies? Because I don't remember that either. It seems like, James, you're trying to think that Kevin is an idiot, and you're trying to convince him that this other character is your character. He is not. You are Christopher Reeve, four-movie Superman, and you're saying he did things he did never do. And not just that, pushing the moon? I've already established that Minecraft Steve could easily push the moon with no effort whatsoever because he can push literally any weight at all. Oh, and Superman is a problem with lead? Oh, that's no problem at all. Steve can quickly build an entire fortress made of lead and come out whatever the heck he wants to, and Superman will be a little powerless against it. But James, I'd really rather you rep the actual character in this battle and not Silver Age Superman, a different character. Please get on my level. Wait, you're thinking I, I called Kevin Guti something that you've been saying about him for months? Yeah, but he didn't hear me say it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Kevin, this is not a surprise that, you know, Ray feels this way. Look, the, everything I'm mentioning here, when I mentioned the actual moon push and all that, that's all stuff he did. And by the way, he did accelerate super fast to punch another version of Superman. More than that in a later point. Kevin Guti, the genius, if you will, host of Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. Where's your head at right now after hearing a point each from Ray and I? My head is I can't understand after three or four episodes of this fine podcast that James Gavsey can't pronounce my last name properly. It's Goatee. I said it the French way. I tried to be fancy. Sorry, you don't like the finer uh, things. Is that what you're saying? That's no, we don't. We don't. We don't acknowledge that silly country and their little berets and French baguettes and (laughs) shenanigans. Well, kids, what we have here are two hucksters 
kind of like There Will Be Blood, the Paul Dano character, which will be taping very soon on Gutting the Sacred Cow, mind you, trying to spin their own truths. Ray, it sounds like you're trying to tout the resume of Minecraft Steve more as, his, more as a resume for being a diamond mine cart pusher like he's in Sierra Leone trying to mine blood diamonds. And Superman, oh boy, look at that. Superman can do so many things. Could, did you mention he could, he, he could change and, go and, and push people back in time? Did you mention that That'll one That'll be too? coming later. Mm, I would have let out the gate with that one, but okay. I'm not in the chair. But you know what he can't do? He can't see through a dude who has a lead jacket shield on while getting x-rays at the dentist. That's one thing I did learn that Superman can't do. So what we have here, kids, is uh, a nice draw so far. Even Steven. Let's see round two. What can you bring? How we have a draw, I don't know. But then again, I don't have that raw intelligence that Kevin Goatee has. Well, James, Someday he's I'll waiting for it, you to actually talk today. about the character you're here to talk about. I think that's what he's constantly waiting on. I am. I know. A character who can push things. Awesome. That's who I want in a fight. Or someone <laughs> who's iconically beaten some of the most powerful beings in the universe. We'll just figure out how this goes. Hit us with your point number two, Ray Sicanus. Point number two for Minecraft Steve. You know the one thing that Supermans of all types are, are allergic to? Magic. They have a very hard time with magical things. And wouldn't you know it, Steve has magic. Wow. He's got a whole litany of magical potions that he can brew at a moment's notice to do whatever the heck he needs to do. Some of my favorites are invisibility. He can go fully invisible. And what if he went fully invisible while inside a landlined house? Well, now there's two ways that Superman can't see him and he can get punched to death. He can also do something called a slowdown potion for his enemies, which causes them to slow down. Now, you might say Superman can do, go really, really fast and he can do X, Y, and Z. Well, you can't do that if you're being slowed down magically, which is what Superman is, has a hard time with. And another one called the Potion of Harming. Look, I don't know exactly what it does. All I know is it hurts everything. You could throw it at anything and it will harm it. Do I assume the same thing works on Superman? Absolutely. And one other thing with Steve is he's got potions that help him as well. Potions of strength, potions of speed, potions of healing and regeneration. What is Superman going to do against somebody who's going to be uh, infinitely strong, infinitely fast? He can heal whenever he needs to. And even if you manage to put him down, regenerates in his own bed right over there nearby. Ten seconds later, there's no way to get a two-minute victory against Minecraft Steve. At the end of the day, Superman's just going to have to run away. He can also summon magical creatures. He can summon golems, both snow variety. So think like uh, Elsa from Frozen. Might not work on Kevin, but that's basically what I think of. Also, <laughs> iron golems, who are much more powerful, much more durable, and can get in the way of Superman. Not to mention that Steve can carry weapons. He's got bows, shields, and something called the netherite sword, an enchanted magical sword that knocks people backwards when he hits them with it. And that is going to be important come my point number three, so I just want to put it out there right now. At the end of the day, Superman is in actually deep trouble here. He's going to, he's not going to take Minecraft Steve seriously. And all it's going to take is him getting a little bit too close, perhaps trying to grab onto him and fly around with him. Minecraft Steve with his netherite sword is going to be able to just hit Superman. And you're going to see the little cracks happen on the S on his chest. And he's going to glow red with every single hit. And Superman is going to be falling apart into his base 
components. You know, if you kill a pig or a cow, you're given pork chops, you're given steaks. When you kill Superman, it, when Minecraft Steve kills Superman, he's just going to get a couple of, of shiny Kryptonian rocks, I assume. And, and not just that. Steve can, is a miner. Steve can find rocks of literally every single type, especially when he goes into one of his crafting stations. Who's to say that Steve doesn't have kryptonite hidden away inside of his chest and could pull out 64 blocks of it at any time he needs to? He's a miner. He has rocks. It's rare, but Steve has everything in that chest. So at the end of the day, Steve has too many things he can do against what I hope eventually James will talk about in 1970s Superman. And that's my point number two. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. There is so much as we used to say in Quebec, Royal um, Garbage. And that's just garbage with a French accent. Ray, I tell me I, you guys were tell me tell me what you're gonna say Royale with cheese and I would have given the argument right here, right now. I, I know, but it's just to, not fair. But, it's yeah. just not fair if I do yeah. that. I want to win this the right way using <laughs> uh, you know honor and good tactics and uh, fair logic. Enough. Um look, again, there's a lot that's really horrible about what Ray says. And of course he said a lot of the horrible stuff in point number two. First of all, let's talk about this. If Steve goes invisible, Superman's got super hearing, he's gonna find him. By the way, he just hit heat vision in a huge area and just cook uh my, minecraft steve because that's what he deserves does he uh, kill i'm sorry did i miss the part where superman kills people willy-nilly oh 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 including including full breaths of area where innocent people could oh, be not so fast race to canis because he does i'll talk about that in my point number two i think it's my point number two all right let's keep going so minecraft steve he does have magic and it affects creatures physically this is what the point of contention is a lot of people say well superman can be affected by magic yeah so a magic bullet hits him he gets hit by it and guess what happens with regular bullets they fall down if he gets hit and it goes into him guess what he's got a healing factor this is something that's always been missed by people he gets oh no he's set on fire with magic fire fine he tanks it he heals he's got the sun kind of fueling him at all times he's a walking solar battery he's always insanely powered magic that affects someone max superman physically isn't a big deal he can tank it and keep going there are decades upon decades of evidence of this and it you know superman by the way christopher reeves He's never dealt with magic, but he's dealt with attacks that he didn't see coming or didn't know were coming, especially in Superman 4. All right, let's see. On talk, of, on talk about that, uh, Superman will heal. Minecraft Steve can't fly. This is a big thing. So not only can Superman come at him from a different angle, he can get out of the way super fast as well. The flying gives him the high ground. And we all know if you have the high ground, if you're a flyer, you have a distinct advantage. Let's see, Superman being shoved. That reminds me of this really fun thing that happened in Hebrew school years and years ago. These two <laughs> kids were like, Hey, we got into a fight. We were in a shoving match. And I'm like, cool. That's not really a fight. You shove someone. And then what happened? They moved backwards. And then what happened? Uh, it kept going. Shoving isn't really a fighting technique. Race to Canis. I thought you would know this. Uh, and finally, Kryptonite. He has no knowledge of Kryptonite. This is a neutral location. No time to prepare for it. There's no prior knowledge. He's not going to know what Kryptonite is. And by the way, Kryptonite doesn't exist in Minecraft, especially in this you know specification. Let me get to my point number two and make things a little bit more clear. Let's talk about Superman's opponents and Minecraft Steve's weaknesses. Oh, yeah, let's just go there. So Superman took on, in Superman 1, the world's smartest super genius, Lex Luthor, beat him in his own game, had to go back in time and travel and reset the Earth and all that, but he still beat a super genius. In Superman 2, he took on and fought and then outsmarted three super powerful military-trained combatants and Kryptonians. I'm talking about... General Zod, Non, and Ursa, all insanely powerful. Three Kryptonians versus one. Superman still came out on top. Then Superman fought and beat a supercomputer bent on world domination created by fellow comedic and overall super genius, 
Richard Pryor. In that same movie, Superman fought and killed an evil version of himself by choking him to death from behind. Race to Canis, when you take someone, and it's not even a good choke, it's just raw brutality and viciousness, and that was the good version of Clark Kent Superman, and he's choking the evil version of him until he dies, which he then gets destroyed and disappears and absorbed, I guess, into good Clark Kent, who be, I have no idea how that worked. Anyway, he did kill that person with intention. So does he kill people? Hell yes, he does. Let's see. And then in the, I don't know, monstrosity called Superman 4, they didn't have nearly the budget. They had a different director. Things went horribly wrong from there. Special effects were really suspect. He beat another evil kind of clone version of himself, a character named Nuclear Man in Superman 4. Nuclear Man was, was uh, created by Lex Luthor taking one hair from Superman, putting into all of the nuclear weapons that Superman had gathered, and when he threw him in the sun, the explosion with the hair from Superman created Nuclear Man, someone even more powerful than Superman, and he yet still figured out how to defeat Superman. Oh, but let's see, you know, here's the other thing. Superman also knows how to fight. Look, growing up in a farm town in Kansas must have meant that Clark Kent got in some good old country brawls, and judging by his fighting skills, I can see, I can see why he can be such a good fighter. Look, in Superman 2, Superman captures General Zod in the Fortress of Solitude. How does he do it? He completely immobilizes him by putting him into a combination hammer lock that's his arm behind his back and half of a rear naked choke. That's pretty cool. He did that to General Zod, a badass from Krypton, a military ruler with combative training. Clark Kent Superman put him into those dual holds. My jujitsu and him is just saying that's off the charts. By the fact, he took on three Kryptonian outlaws at the same time. Again, all military trained shows how good of a fighter this guy is. In Superman 4, he takes on this equally, actually even more powerful nuclear man by kicking him in the face on the moon, punching him really, really well, and even kneeing him in the face after he punches him in the head, right? Punches him in the head, then grabs him, knees him in the face. That's not just, you know, brawling. That's some good fight training. This is a trained superhero somehow. Now let's take a look at some of weaknesses and limitations of Minecraft C. Let's see. If he falls from greater than 24 meters, he instantly dies. I wonder if Superman can fly higher than 24 meters. Oh, that's right, he can. Why couldn't he just pick up, you know, Minecraft Steve, fly up into space or fly up 25 meters, an incalculable height, according to Minecraft, and drop him to the ground or just fly him into space and leave him. Again, Minecraft Steve can't fly. Let's see, he can get hit 10 to 20 times in total before he dies. Talking about Minecraft Steve. And of course, more damage will occur if the opponent has something to enhance the strike. So what does that mean when Superman, of all people, hits you with his super strength, super speed, and super durability? One, maybe two shots. Minecraft Steve is done. All this kind of good stuff. By the way, Christopher Reeves' version of Superman does kill if he feels it's necessary. Again, he killed Nuclear Man by delivering him, by like putting, pushing the moon into the sun, taking away, creating an eclipse, taking away the solar power that fuels him. Of course, Superman was fine. That's kind of weird now I think about it. And then takes Nuclear Man and puts him into the heart of a nuclear reactor, which then supercharges the nuclear reactor and kills him right there on the spot. Did I mention how Superman is unlike any opponent Minecraft Steve has ever fought? Because he is. That's my point number two. Interesting. Finally, you start talking about the actual character. Now, I have a question about how does Nuclear Man get put into a nuclear thing and that kills him? That seems, you know, that just doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense to me. That's like Puppy Man getting killed by being uh, uh, put into a room with a bunch of puppies. I just don't understand it. Doesn't make any sense to me. Now, the Superman, he will kill the arch enemy uh, that's threatening the entire world's population at any given time. He doesn't just kill random people. Superman in the movies never just went up into space and started blasting away with his heat rays at random locations on Earth. That's not who that character is. This Superman gets very up close, very personal, and that's going to be his downfall in this matchup. Because even if he does 
Try to drop Minecraft Steve, and I'll tell you in point three why that's not going to work, even if he does, and it works. Minecraft Steve, within 10 seconds, maybe five, respawns right back into his bed on the battlefield, and Superman can do absolutely nothing about it. You can't keep Minecraft Steve down, but we've seen characters of Superman-level power in his own movies getting banished to certain places that they cannot escape from without outside help. I will say that. And, and, and the last thing right here, he doesn't know Steve. Ran, you know, random encounter works both ways. He knew who, uh, you know, he knew who General Zod was. He knew who some of these other characters were in dealing with them and trying to defeat them. He will not just go to the moon to kill Steve uh, at all because he hasn't met him yet. He hasn't had a reason to do it. He'll try to put him down more peacefully. And also, James, the moon getting pushed into the actual sun is not how eclipses work. I think your science classes in Canada need some help. The moon got pushed in front of the sun. Yeah, but you said into the sun, and I want to make sure you're called onto the carpet for that one. Your understanding of English is very limited, and now you're questioning my... Listen, race to Canis. This is all well and good. You know, uh, I'm actually really enjoying this debate way too much. I don't know what's going on right now. But more importantly, we are at the turning point. We're after hearing two points from Ray and myself. Kevin tells us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But... Before we get to what Kevin has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today, we are going to celebrate Danielle Ledesma-Smith. Ooh, Danielle is a very, very tough fighter. We have to put Danielle up against an opponent that is nefarious, that is so loved by Ray Decanus that they have a fighting chance here. Let's go with Beast Wars' very own Optimus Primal. Well, this is just too easy, honestly. You know, poor. But the problem with Optimus Primal, and I'll just say right now, is he's so poorly animated <laughs> that Danielle is just going to be able to run circles around him by the time he figures out his left from his right. So you're going to get poor Optimus Primal, who I think can turn into a dinosaur or something. Who cares? Beast Wars is an absolute atrocity of a television show, and anybody still defending it needs to take a good, hard, cold shower and then stare at themselves in the mirror until that feeling goes away. The problem with Optimus Primal is he's going to get defeated by literally anything you put in front of me. A nun with a ruler, Optimus Primal is going down. James Gavsey, I still have to say, Optimus Primal is going down. So good news for Danielle Ledesma-Smith, all she has to do is walk up to Optimus Primal. He's going to start doing his janky mid-early 90s transfer transformation deal. He's going to get stuck in the sequence somewhere because she just picks up a stick off the ground, sticks it into him. He can't finish the transforming. He starts smoking. He explodes. Danielle, you get the win. Wow, that's interesting. You know, I just got a really cool text. Good news, Ray. You have a new gig, voiceover gig. Uh, you get to do Optimus Primal, not in the reboot, but in actually uh, just redubbing the original animation. What should I tell them? You'll tell them I'll take that gig in five seconds. Okay, fair enough. All right. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Kevin, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? <clears throat> Well, here's what I know, and I know there's been a lot of technicalities here that need to be addressed. James, I want you to tell me, who's Christopher Reeves? 
Thank you. That is the French version of Christopher mm-hmm. Reeve. Well, last I checked, this country, this podcast airs in the greatest country on this planet, which is America. So it's Christopher Reeve. Just want to point that out. He doesn't even know the name of the actor. He doesn't know which character he's repping. Did James prepare at all for this battle? All signs point to no. Kevin, you know, when you're as intellectually gifted as you and I, uh, sometimes the <laughs> multitude of languages that we speak fluently blend into each other. For example, I speak, I think in French, but I have to, I, you know, I think in French, I got to speak in English. Sometimes mm-hmm. I count in, uh, you know, Swahili, and sometimes I eat in uh, Portuguese. The whole point is, words and names can sometimes get mixed up. That's just because people like you and I are very cultured. Mm-hmm. Too bad that doesn't suit well in debates. Let's also discuss in the tweet uh, direct message I receive on who the who the uh, combatants were tonight. I was told that this is 1970s Superman, correct? Correct. This is, uh, you've cited 19 uh, Superman 4, which is 1987, I believe. I'm using the Christopher Reeve version of Superman. And to be fair, by Kevin, the way, I, believe that's I will the right allow that it. because, you know, uh, he's, he's referenced 92 different Superman so far in this battle. I'd like him to stick to the Christopher Reeve Superman if he would be so kind. You know, okay. the one who doesn't throw infinite mass punches or, or throw the moon into the sun. I, I thought this was only going to be relegated to two films, but I appreciate the clarification. Now on to Ray. Ray, thank you so much for making your superhero sound like he's Felix from Wreck-It Ralph with his cutesy poo little hammer. So, yeah. Deadlocked. Deadlocked. He doesn't fix things. He destroys them. Mm. Mm. You know what he doesn't fix? Entertainment value. Because he's boring me so far. Ooh. That's what I'm trying to say. Look, as bad as Superman 4 was, and that was horrific. That was the worst horror And movie 3. Ever. Three was not good. By the way, Superman one and two were filmed uh, Lord of the Rings style, like one and immediately the second. So it was like one long production. Fun fact. Uh, I agree with you. This Superman four and three, boring as can be, still more entertaining than Minecraft Steve. Not going to lie. I think we're wow. on the same side with many wow. things. Uh, our $2.5 billion. And it's worth a heck of a lot more now. And you know what isn't worth anything? Any movie Superman's been in since 2000. Well, I think we're not going to no, no one's going to cite the 1980s Atari game Superman. No one. The N64 Superman game is known as one of the biggest atrocities of all time. The 1996 <laughs> Superman series in the same Batman the Animated Series. Well, I'm you know, Kevin, I just don't like I'm not comfortable with uh, Ray insulting, you know, the cultural aspects of Superman that you so enjoy. I think you should do something about that. <laughs> all right. Race to <laughs> We're at point number three. We're dead even. This is where you and I are going to just stand toe-to-toe and start throwing the big shots. Let's see who's left standing. Go ahead. Hit us with your point number three. Everything has been leading to this because every single thing I've said on to this point has just been a setup for my point number three where the knockout blow happens. Now, one of the things to keep in mind is that Steve can build absolutely anything he needs to in an instant, and he can build it a lot faster than Christopher Reeve can build using his heat vision when he rebuilt the Great Wall of China. Am I, am I remembering this incorrectly? That took him a while. Steve could build that in an absolute instant. So when Superman is trying to come at Steve, he's going to constantly, constantly be having obstacles put in his way that he's going to have a hard time getting through. But one of the big things that Steve can build in an instant is a portal to the nether. That is an alternate world like the upside down of Stranger Things. And you can go through that portal and get taken to another realm, another world that is different from our own. Why is that important? Because in an instant when Superman is coming at him at, as James would say, infinite mass punch speed, Steve could build the portal to the nether. Superman would fly directly into it 
Steve demolishes it right away, and Superman is trapped in the nether like it was the Phantom Zone that General Zod got trapped in and also could not escape, definitely could not escape the nether in two minutes' time. But heck, who says he has to have Superman go into it uh, on his own? He could just build the portal. Once Superman tries to grab him, he hits him with the nether sword that pushes any opponent backwards, hitting him repeatedly, knocking him backwards, knocking him back into the portal to the nether where he is battlefield removed by Minecraft Steve. Now, other things we have to keep in mind here is I was sandbagging a little bit on the strength earlier. That's just what he can carry normally. That's just what he can carry if we're not messing around and really trying to do it. Because Minecraft Steve has, I believe, 35 inventory slots. And a chest can hold 27, uh, 64 blocks of anything. What does this mean? It means one block of this gold weighs a lot of a lot of stuff. Now, if you put 64 of those together times 27 times, put them into one chest, that would take up one of 35 inventory slots on Steve, who can basically keep going. Now, what if you took those chests put 64 of those together into another chest. And what if you went down that rabbit hole, say 20 times and you did this? What I've learned through math is that Steve can carry these chests of 64 gold blocks. And that means that Steve has a lifting slash striking potential power of 6.35, the entire universe. He can have 6.35, the entire universe. That's how strong he is. Every molecule, every atom in the universe, 6.35 times. Oh, I'm sorry. I did my math wrong. It's 6.35 times 10 to the 505th power. That's how many universes that Steve can carry. And if you can carry literally that many of the entire universes and have no problem even walking, what is Superman going to possibly hit you with that is going to be more powerful than that many universes at once. That's not even to bring up that Minecraft Steve has a little trick up his sleeve called creative mode. Creative mode is the alternate form of Minecraft where Minecraft Steve can fly, James Gavsey. Minecraft Steve is invulnerable to literally all damage. Nothing will physically hurt him. He doesn't need to breathe. He can create literally anything and pull it out of his pocket and will destroy any item in one punch, no matter what it is. The striking power of infinite, infinite numbers of universes in his pocket. That's the true power of Minecraft Steve. So at the end of the day, you say pushing isn't a thing? If Minecraft Steve wants to, he could build the portal to the nether and push because he could push literally anything forever, push Superman or strike him with the, uh, the stick or the sword, and knock him into the nether portal, portal and instantly destroy it, locking him in there for as long as he wants to to win the battle. Or he has the striking slash lifting power of all the universes you could ever conceive of and infinite more. Superman cannot hang with the strength of Minecraft Steve. And that's my point number three. Look, I'll have whatever Ray's having because the the <laughs> the freedom his imagination has right now is great. I don't drink; I've never done drugs, but you know, whatever Ray's go got going on, that just seems very enjoyable right now. Just say no, right now. Here's the thing: when you say Steve Minecraft Steve can actually build a portal, I'm not saying he couldn't. Superman's actually very familiar with portals. Again, Phantom Zone technology, which he's got in his fan, uh, you know, Fortress of Solitude, he understands this stuff. Uh, but Minecraft Steve's not going to be building this faster than Superman can move. 
by the way, Superman, which I'll have more details on this later, can fly through time, can actually reverse time, change time, and can actually go back in time, make sure none of this stuff ever happened. Again, I'll talk more about that later. Let's see, all that inventory, you're talking about sheer weight. Your math is not horrifically wrong, it's a little off, not horrifically wrong, but what you're confusing, race to Canis, as you can see by how you dress every day, is what you actually have <laughs> access to versus what you can actually do. So uh, Minecraft Steve has access to this gold. He has access to these weapons. He has access to a whole lot of really cool stuff. That means he's not lifting it and carrying it with him all the time. If he was, you'd see him carrying a big, huge, I don't know, satchel or bag that said who would win on it or something, using some merch to carry all this stuff. He doesn't. This is inventory he can access, which is somewhere else that's really cool, but he's not carrying around all this stuff all the time. Thought you knew that, James, Steve, I will tell you right now, yes, he is. That is his magical backpack that you don't see all of those things, but yes, he is carrying it with him all the time, literally the weight of hundreds of thousands of millions of universes. Right, so his backpack is a tesseract, a pocket dimension. By the way, I'm not even trying to be funny. That's how this stuff works, where all of his inventory exists. He's not carrying the sheer weight. The backpack is actually an opening to wherever the, all of his inventory is. He can access it through the backpack. He's not carrying it because it's not physically in the backpack. It's simply an accessibility point to his Wrong inventory. Disagree. This is Wrong something that's common knowledge. That I would thought you would, you would know this race to Canis now. Uh, in his hand. He can carry it literally in his hand where you can see it physically in front of him. And any one of those could be the chest full of chest full of chests, 20, 30 inceptions deep. And he could carry that in his hand, James. So your point much like your arguments in this battle, are complete nonsense. Exactly. So he opens up a chest. There's a chest inside and the chest inside, chest inside. That means all the chests are like Tesseracts, pocket little universes or dimensions where all that, you've just proven my point even further. Thank you, Race to Canis. Let me get to my point number three and all this will become perfectly clear. Let's talk about some other superpowers the Christopher Reeve version of Superman has that other versions don't. And this gets... You know, really cool because it shows just how powerful Superman really is. In Superman 2, one of my favorite scenes, I'll just say, what's up with that scene? Superman throws his S symbol from his emblem into a form of some sort of plastic wrap trap over his enemies. It was strong enough to capture Non, the big, huge, non-talking Kryptonian, flying right at him pretty fast. And Superman just rips off that super Kryptonian saran wrap thing, which you think is nothing, but it wrapped around a Kryptonian large man and just brought him to the ground, trapped him, even though it was a few seconds, it just was a mild convenience. Imagine he did that to Minecraft Steve, a non-Kryptonian. That's bad news. Uh, let's see. Uh, by the way, on a side note, no one's actually come up with a logical explanation for that that power or what it is. It's just a thing. We just say that's what the movie version, the Christopher Reeve version can do. Moments later, in that same film, the Kryptonians shoot beams of energy from their index fingers at Superman. Seems that's the thing Kryptonians can do. Superman can do it as well. And Superman can actually block all three of the beams from all three people and then repel them back like energy blasts. Why couldn't he do that with any type of magical or energy-based attack Minecraft Steve does to him? He'll use his hand. He'll absorb it. He'll make a really cool facial expression because Christopher Reeve had that range and just shoot it back and fling Minecraft Steve, Minecraft, Minecraft Steve back because he gets shoved a lot, evidently. Uh, moments later, by the way, Superman revealed that evidently he can teleport. So in this, <laughs> this whole little sequence, Zod and his two soldiers go after Superman and they teleport to get close to him, right? And Superman's kind of like, what's going on? With which Superman does the same thing as well. So yeah, Superman can teleport, which then leads him to create illusions of himself, where just like a hologram, except all of these illusions were active and independent of each other. Lois Lane's like, oh, I'm with the little one. And she like flies through that version of that hologram Superman. 
Uh, General Zod thinks he's with a fake one, but actually he's with the real one. Superman captures him. Non thinks it's a fake Superman, flies at him, but evidently the hologram is a solid construct like a statue, and Zod just breaks through it and chunks of the Superman hologram statue fall. I'm so confused by what happened in Superman 2. Evidently, the writers run the same stuff that Race to Canis took for this battle. Again, crazy stuff. Don't do drugs, kids at home. All right, now, in Superman 4, quite possibly the Race to Canis version of the original Superman films, Superman is facing off against Nuclear Man, whom I mentioned earlier. Well, that no-good Nuclear Man blew apart large chunks of the Great Wall of China. Ray, you've referenced it before. One of the seven wonders of the world. So, Superman, being the superhero he is, fixes it, and, you know, of course, he could have used super strength and super speed to rebuild the wall and all that. Oh, no, 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 no. He shot blue beams of energy from his eyes while looking at the damage, and the walls rebuilt themselves perfectly. That means his superpower, and by the way, it's listed in various different wikis, that this is the ability of molecular manipulation. That means he can tear apart anything and rebuild it in any way he chooses by looking at it. That's what that power is from Superman 4. Look, Superman can do crazy stuff in the comic books. I didn't know he could do molecular manipulation. On a side note, with some of the weird one, you know, powers that he had from the 50s and 60s comic books, molecular manipulation is not a big deal at all. But in Superman 4, the Christopher Reeve version, he could actually do it. Look, he can create amnesia, highly specific targeted amnesia. In the final moments of Superman 2, we see this. Clark Kent gives Lois Lane a big kiss, and the process just looks at her, kind of flies off, and with that look, communicates somehow, manages to wipe out the confusing truth that Clark Kent is also Superman. Lois Lane has no idea what the heck just happened of her previous adventure because Superman just kind of mind-wiped her, stole a kiss first, kind of leaves, looks at her, and says, yeah, you're mind-wiped. He did it one more time uh, for Superman to save Lois Lane from dying in Superman 2. Like, he did it in Superman 2, the, a whole bunch. It was crazy. I just can't get over this. I don't know how he does targeted amnesia. If Superman starts to lose this battle, here's my favorite one, he's going to go back in time. And he'll go back in time again over and over until he gets his desired outcome. Now, he's not just like a regular time traveler where he goes back in time and he's like, got to fix everything. Oh, no. His time travel going backwards fixes everything. I don't get how that works. That's how powerful his time travel is. Lois Lane dies in the first one because her car gets buried under all this dirt caused by that nuclear explosion, whatever it is. Superman cries a little bit, a great acting moment, flies up into space, flies around the Earth super fast to change the rotation of the planet, flying faster than light speed, and then doesn't just go back in time, but reverses everything, like in a montage in reverse of what just happened, and then somehow changes what's supposed to happen without actually directly going to where the action happened. It's, it's the weirdest time paradox fix I've ever seen in science fiction, and yet Superman can pull it off because he's just that powerful. Look, with all of Minecraft Steve's standard human weaknesses, ways he can die, that are in all these things that Superman can do, they're all in his wheelhouse. And the fact that Superman can reverse time to change the future, wherever he is, put him in a different dimension, he'll reverse time, pop up back in Earth, because that's what he can do with his molecular man manipulation, with his powers. Whether it's the French version, Christopher Reeves, with an S at the end, <laughs> or the English version, Christopher Reeve, this is just someone who's too powerful for Minecraft Steve. He's never faced someone even close to this. That's my point number three. No, there, there, I have heard nothing that you've said so far, James, to convince me that Superman has a chance in this battle based on the hot fire that I'm throwing. Now, uh, first off, uh, the S symbol. He picks off the S symbol and he throws it at Minecraft Steve. Minecraft Steve reaches out, punches it. One punch destroyed like any object. So I'm not really hearing why that does anything. And how many Tesseracts do you think Steve has? So his backpack is a Tesseract. Every chest in the entire game is a Tesseract. His hand is a Tesseract. Like, uh, apparently, according to James, Minecraft is just one giant Tesseract in front of another one. No. 
He is that physically strong, and it's been proven time and time again, and molecular manipulation. So you're telling me this Superman has the ability to tear things down into their raw components and build them back up again into something else. Jeez, where have I heard that power before? Oh, wait, that's exactly what Steve does every day of his life. Now, reversing time, that's a tough one to overcome until you consider the fact he reversed time by flying around the actual Earth and then ending up in the same place. When, not if, when Superman gets pushed through that nether portal, he's just going to fly through the nether zone and he's just going to fly around that. That's a different place than the actual Earth. So he's not going to be reversing time on this Earth. He's going to be reversing time in the nether realm where he is doing effectively nothing for two minutes while Minecraft Steve wins the battle. Again, creative mode, invulnerability, flight, no need to breathe, the powerful punching and carrying ability of universes. This is a level beyond anything Superman's been able to dish out and an easy path to victory with the portal. Kevin, I know you're too smart to, to, to bother with whatever James is, is wallowing in. Give me that victory. I want to hear it. <laughs> I, I like how your last final point of your final point, which is supposed to be a rebuttal, is give me that victory. That's, I mean, that's brilliant Look, right the there. one thing I know Minecraft Steve can do that Superman can't is ride a horse. <laughs> I was going to, I was, I had that written down. I, said, let, I know. Let, let, let I, I, I promised, I promised the kids at home I would not, I'd actually bring that up. You're a monster, Ray. You're a monster. By the way, you know who called someone a monster and then broke his neck? Henry Cavill, Superman, saying that about Zod. Okay, listen, Kevin, it's time for you to make a decision. different character. Absolutely. Kevin, it's time for you to make a decision. (laughs) Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle. The incredible Minecraft Steve who likes to push things and shove people like at my old Hebrew school thing and they had a fight. Or the OG, Christopher Reeve version of Superman, who's never died, never been killed, really had, well, except when he killed himself. It's just a horrible thing. Which of these two characters wins this fight? Give us your decision. Kevin Goatee. Well, listen, this is a many-layered decision because I'm a man of many layers, as you've heard by my podcast, Gutting the Sacred Cat, which you've heard these fine gentlemen on multitude of times and will continue to hear them on more multitudes of times. But I got to say, James, you left yourself uh, left yourself open for that backdoor breaking ball. I'm going to tell you why. It sounds like Superman is a little bit in the, uh, the Me Too variety where he's kissing Lois Lane and having him forget about that. Hmm, a little creepy. Number two, you know what superpower he doesn't have? charisma he's boring in all these films uh and ray listen ray ray has a career in politics but if i was ever debating ray in politics i'd just say two words fact check because all these made up numbers as he goes along watch me ready i just had nine steaks for dinner today i made three billion dollars and i watched ray win three of these debates see i just made all these numbers up see but no one can prove them just like steve and his 9 to the 12th power exponential ability to lift stuff. That's a fantastic Kevin, wait, hold on a sec. Before you even bother bloviating about this further, gold has a fixed weight, and 64 blocks of that weight is a fixed weight. 64 of that times 27 is an actual number. You can do actual math that I actually did to arrive at the numbers I gave you. That wasn't pulled out of my butt. I would have pulled out a way better number than 6.35 times 10 to the 505th power universes of size which is what he can lift carry and hit with i just want to say this i think that is horribly insulting calling kevin uh goatee lazy because he didn't want to do incorrect math the way you did it i'm sorry Kevin. i just had to stand up for you no no, no, that's fine that's not cool i I was 
I'm sure you did your homework. I just want to say, fact check him just to see if he did his math. Just, <laughs> just, just to get him all, just didn't get all rankled like I just got him right now. I'm sure the math's right, but I just want to get him a little bit off of his game because you know me. But listen, you. Hey, I know you. <laughs> you do sure do. Listen, it's the battle of no charisma versus the battle of the man with a misshapen head. Who do I root for? I root for the the man who brings alliteration into his argument. When when James said molecular manipulation. You had a friend in me. But is that enough to give James the victory? I don't know. Ray comes out there and drops how he's a gold pusher and how he can lift things and survive falls and Superman's just a fraud. I don't want to give Ray this argument. And I'd be, it just wrinkles me. It's, I'm loathsome to do it. So I'm not. James Gavsey wins the argument. Superman over Steve. Thank you. Thank you, our esteemed judge, Kevin Goatee, bringing his genius into this to see through Ray Stekanis' patented nonsense. That was, this, this matchup, I gotta tell you, there's bitterness, there's anger. And by the way, there's bitterness that I'm bringing to this battle because I'm not a fan of Minecraft Steve. Listen, he's overtaken a lot of my kid's life. Other parents with kids have said the same thing. There's a really interesting guy, Dan Caldwell. He was punk ass from Tap Out, a very cutting edge guy. Remember Tap Out, the company, MMA clothing, the whole thing. And he and I were talking, and he was just like, you know what I don't get? And I'm like, what, MMA, sport? What? He's like, Minecraft. I don't, and I'm like, me too, I don't get it. Kevin, by the way, I think you're on the same page. You made the right call. You're going to make a lot of people happy. And you know what? You should come back on the show. I'd love to. Okay, race to Cadence. You did what no one thought could ever be done, and that's color coordinate your wardrobe today. You also came in strong <laughs> for today's episode and uh, came up a little short. By the way, that's three losses in a row. I'm on my way to four wins, and we all know what happens at the fourth win. I get to pick who I want to represent in the next battle after that. Samurai Jack, that's what I'm going with. Race to Canis, where's your head at right now? I'm, I'm in complete disbelief at what I just heard. I heard James rep a different character for his point number one, and then sure. I heard him say a few things that I easily countered and dispatched and did quick Aikido moves on to, to throw away. <laughs> I never heard James actually give me a concrete way that Superman would actually beat Minecraft Steve. And I gave Kevin like three specific paths to victory for Minecraft Steve in this battle. So I don't understand how a guy who can hit with the force of all those universes and no, Kevin, what I'm really bitter about for all of this is I did actual legitimate mathematics <laughs> for this battle only to have you come back and say, I'm not buying it. No, I, I, I hate math. I am awful at math. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I actually sat down, checked my work, got the slide rule, the abacus, got everything out, my Texas Instruments calculator. I made sure the numbers were right, and they have been documented online from other sources as well. And for you to sit here and tell me, ah, I'm not feeling that, I don't get it. You people at home, this version of Superman isn't particularly strong, and even if he was comparable to the, what is it, 700 octillion for, that to carry the Earth, that's not even a fragment. That's not even a toenail of how strong Minecraft Steve actually is. And given the portals, the invulnerability, the flight, and the fact that he cannot be defeated because he keeps regenerating back in his bed over and over, I don't know what Kevin is even talking about in this battle. And I'm sure you kind, hashtag Rainiacs, hashtag Awkward Allies, will let Kevin know exactly how hard he messed up in this decision today. Like I said, I knew the math was right. I trust you. 
I just wanted to watch you get your, I wanted to watch your hands splay in the air and knock over that Pepsi free can and spill it all over your keyboard. That's what I wanted to say. That's what it is. It's that Pepsi, it's Pepsi Max. That's what you're drinking right now, isn't That's it, Ray? It. This is what we need to work <laughs> on with the boardroom. We need to start bringing in judges who take their judging seriously, <laughs> not ones with a vendetta against me who think it's funny to put a bad decision on the table just because it will annoy me as getting robbed should do. I'll screenshot my invite from you then and share with everybody. Look, Got it. so Ray invited you. This is your race to Canis invite. <laughs> Interesting, Ray, how this happened yet again. Also, Ray, you really should consider laying off the Pepsi Max, a fine product if, uh, you know, consumed in moderation. But that's not what you're doing, <laughs> is it, Race to Canis? All right, listen, Kevin, this was another fun fight. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Please tell everyone where they can find you online. All right, listen up and listen well, because I'm going to say this 475 more times tonight. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find everything. You find the links to all podcast platforms known to man, and we are on all of them. We are on YouTube, and you'll find the link there. You'll also find the link to our fine merch shop. Get a hat, get a bag, get a tank top, get a mug, get whatever. Just go to guttingthesacredcow.com to do that. And while you're on that podcast platform of choice, why not leave us a five-star rating, two or three-sentence review, like, and subscribe, and tell a friend. That is the best compliment, where every week I have a special guest host like Race Decatus, and I've had James Gavsey on several times and we'll be on in the near future. You are due for a revisit. I really or am. You, uh, and they, they, the guys pick a film or girls pick a film. They find overrated or hate and try and convince us, the host, why that film is overrated or deserved of hatred. But the twist is this. The film must meet one of these criteria. Widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success. Upcoming films, Stripes. There will be Blood, Blade Runner, and of course... Field of Dreams is this current week's episode. So get ready for hilarity, tomfoolery, and a smidge of general debauchery. Cuttingthesacredcow.com. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> All right, race to Canis. This was a uh, tough loss for you. Easy one for me, by the way. And now this is three in a row. I, I, I kind of feel for you a little bit. Would not be something I'd say right now. So please tell our listeners where they can find you online. You know... After losing a robbery such as this one, I shouldn't want to plug the judges podcast. So I'll tell you, don't listen to gutting the sacred cow <laughs> and instead listen to vampire. The masquerades reclaimed Detroit at vampiredetroit.com or at vampire Detroit on Twitter. Find my audio drama about vampires. It's an irreverent noir episode. One is out. Episode two is out. You've met two characters. There's going to be five episodes in this string, so you can check it out wherever you podcast. That's Reclaimed Detroit. That's the name of the show. Search it, find it. Go to my Twitter, at Almighty Ray, and find it as well. Kevin, all I can say to you is you're going to have James on your show again. Boy, your ratings must be so good to tank one like that. I'm disappointed <laughs> at the end of the day <clears throat> that my math, logic, multiple ways to victory once again once again goes completely ignored in favor of somebody who thought he was repping a different character i don't know people at home i know you're gonna write me about this you write me every single week i've had judges who have made terrible decisions in the last two months hear other judges make terrible decisions in favor of james and those previous judges write to me and they say at least now i know mine wasn't the worst this season they're embarrassed, James. They're embarrassed, Kevin. And you two should both be embarrassed by this result today. <laughs>
I look forward to your apology letter coming soon. I'll be asleep like a baby in 15 minutes, buddy. <laughs> That's because it's like 3 a.m. where you are right now. Almost one. <laughs> Ray, you know, I did some analysis on some of you on some of these episodes where you went right, where you went wrong, which was mostly the case. And I realized <laughs> it came down to one thing. You got to stay in your lane when it comes to science, math, logic, facts, words. You need to avoid those and kind of simply speak in grunts and tonality depicting weird stuff that's going through your head fueled by a very unhealthy consumption of Pepsi Max. I'm just trying to say you should, you know, stay in your strong points and kind of keep doing just be you, right? Just well, be you, Ray look, Don't do our, that. Our judges have a choice. They can go with their brain or they can go with their heart. Do they feel like James should win even though he shouldn't? Or do they actually use their brain and try to figure it out? And when they do that, I win every single time, except today where the judge gets to the final decision and says, I know Ray gave the better arguments. He's I didn't say the that. Oh, I didn't say that. Oh, you felt it. And he's obviously should win this matchup. So let's not do it. I'm hilarious. Watch my stand-up special. That's true. Listen, Ray, just always remember and ask yourself this one question. What would Dan Campbell do? He'd lose a lot of football <laughs> games. <laughs> All right. Listen, I'm not going to say that this wasn't a great victory. I'm not going to say that uh, I didn't work hard for this. I'm not going to say that I'm dead tired because I've had a crazy week of everything I'm doing. What I will say is I got it done. I got the job done. This was personal. Minecraft, Steve, if I ever find you in person, I'm going to beat the absolute... Anyway, the point is I don't like Minecraft, Steve, and I really like the fact that we got the win. Kevin, you're a genius. Ray, you're also here. You can find me <laughs> on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavs. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Race Decanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. when Optimus Prime died. Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode. Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No, different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong. None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! And Knowing is Half the Podcast. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.